1: because we lead not only by the example of our power but by the power of our example
0: that is the history of the journey of america donald trump has become the first former u.s president with a mugshot and what a mugshot it is Trump, who, as you know, faces 13 felony counts in Georgia related to a silly little incident where he simply tried to overturn the state's 2020 election result, as you do, was booked Thursday at Fulton County Jail in Atlanta. And boy, did he not look happy about it. The mugshot that has memed all around the world arrived a day after the first Republican primary debate, which he skipped. Can you really blame the guy? With a lead bigger than his charge sheet, Trump is currently the party's front runner for the 2024 presidential nomination. Here to comb over, no pun intended, but pun very much enjoyed, is the Sunday Business Post, legend herself, and our friend, Marion McYoung. All jokes aside, Marion, I wondered what was the point of this mugshot? Like, he's not going to abscond, he can't fly away in his Trump jet and not be spotted. I get that this is equal treatment in the eyes of the law, but doesn't it just serve as a kind of totem for his supporters and set him up even further as this political martyr?
1: Well, you know, I think that you could, there are two ways looking at this. And the first one, you're absolutely right, because when they didn't do the mugshot in New York, what did the Trump people do? they made up, they faked up a mugshot mm. in which they made him six foot five, gave him a halo, <laughs> yep. and put him up against as, you know, one of those sort of things that signifies your height, hence the six foot five. And um, and then underneath had not guilty. And every Trump event I've been at for the last several months, there have been people everywhere wearing these Trump fake mugshot t-shirts. Now they have the real thing. So it will no doubt um help with their merchandising, uh, Lara Bush, uh, Trump's daughter-in-law, she was on in a pretty cross way saying, oh yeah, well, you know, of course we're going to use it for merchandising. Only in Trump world is a mugshot seen as a good thing, as a thing that you yeah. can make money out of. Like literally, I don't think there's another world in the world where, as I say, the first thought that comes to the minds of the inner circle is, okay, how much can we make out of this? It's a mugshot. Yeah, well, um, it, it yeah. is
0: It is Trump's world, and we're all living in it. Yeah. it like, the, whether we like it, it shows or not, the, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it shows the hand that we already knew. I mean, he's got his cards laid out flat on the table. He's not holding them to his chest. That is the plan. Yep. And would you imagine that that was a rehearsed look? Because it, it did look very much like <laughs> strike a
1: pose. It's like, you know, when you play with kids and you go put on your scary yeah. face or you know put on your mean yeah. face or whatever and there's like yeah. kind of a mm, look at me look at me being scary yeah. i'm just <laughs>
0: one saw, eyebrow you know, up yeah
1: but it's the scowl from beneath the eyebrows but the hair is perfect i mean you know mm. the bits i laughed at okay were um, and this may be mean, but who cares? Uh, so, the first bit was uh, that he is now six foot three. So, at the grand old age of 77, he's grown at least an inch and a half in the past couple of months. Because in New York, he was listed as six foot two and 240 pounds, he is now six foot three and 215 pounds, which means he should look exactly like Jerry Ringrose from the Irish rugby team. What because a, what he's a, also what a
0: turnaround. With-
1: He's also six foot three. In my spare time, Charlotte, I check out the statistics of the Irish rugby team. What can I say? Uh, anyway, <laughs> people, will love this. <laughs> or Peter O'Malley, who is six foot three also. And I think it's about 100, he might be two or three pounds heavier than Trump. But I don't see Trump looking like either of these guys. If this is what six foot three and 215 pounds looks like, well, Trump ain't it. But then I did also laugh at the hair, blonde or straight. I just thought <laughs> you started. that's
0: what he and he gave these was, these statistics. Yeah, these, well, he was not weighed, yeah. or they oh, did no, not. He wasn't give weighed. Him they that they didn't.
1: get came on a scaled, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't get out the color chart and go. Hmm, we can't really decide. Are you blonde or strawberry? Let's go with both. Yeah. This was all Trump's doing, and I just thought the vanity of the man. Mm. And yet he does that ridiculous face that looked like. You said like he'd been practicing it in front of a mirror for probably for days beforehand to try and get, you know, sufficiently menacing and don't mess with me. And, you know, I'm a fighter, et cetera, et cetera. And also knowing
0: it's going on every T-shirt they release
1: and they've already photoshopped it onto they had all these blank cups and coolers and mugs and things and they, they within 3 minutes of it being made public on the Trump merch site they had it like literally superimposed onto every single merch item that that they had so they're already selling they're already selling them before they've even had a chance to make them it's it's kind of staggering but you know Charles it's also profoundly depressing exactly because exactly. you know like we all do god knows you have to you have to get your laughs somewhere but but at the end of the day this is the american president this is somebody who is very likely to be the next republican candidate again and you know there he is a mugshot and you know 91 indictments against him 91 different charges and no contrition no remorse no anything other than how do I monetize this how do I make this work for me how do I you know how do I use this to screw over the Democrats and, and it's you know the thing about it is at a certain point it becomes exhausting I think America is just weary 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 and I really thought I mean we talk about the debate and um, but I think that it shows in in just that mugshot's kind of an icon. You know, the way in different eras you have different mugshots. Usually, they're of rock stars or or people. Yeah. You know, like the Rolling Stones in the sixties with the drug charges or whatever. And uh, this is such a perfect shot for the time we're in in America of a flowering, belligerent, angry. You know, just it, it it sort of captures the public mood in a really depressing way. And I think that's what I found so depressing. But I thought, God, it's so apt. It's so apt for the moment we're in that this person is being treated as a hero and a martyr, and half the country would probably lay down their lives for him in the morning. Um, and, and you just think, what's happening? Where, where is it all going to end up? Yeah,
0: God, uh, you really capture it really well there, Marion, because it is, it is a totemic piece that really made me shake my head in the same way as when, you know, shots were being fired through the chamber door. That you know, when this man was yep. elected, inverted commas, yeah, there was all sorts of you know fist shaking, and uh, the the end is nigh, and this man's yep. so dangerous. Did we ever really believe it would come to this? But yet here we are. This is what it has come to. And when you see the mugshot, as much as as I said at the start, it does go. It does express that he should be treated the same in the eyes of the law. And seeing the Giuliani yeah. one and all of these come out is it's somewhat reassuring in the same way as funerals are sometimes reassuring that there is a process by which we deal with terrible things. Did it become yeah. realer the possibility that yes jail is is possible here but when I watched the Tucker Carlson interview I just wondered is that another uh, road that we will careen down just before we get into the detail of it as boring and as bizarre as that interview was did you at all get that kind of fear when he started to suggest that they're going to try and kill me and civil war isn't off the table
1: There's so much crying wolf in America about this. To me, what Tucker Carlson was doing was kind of disgraceful and shocking in that he was after clickbait. He wanted numbers. He wanted people watching his damn Twitter show. And he just wanted, I think, whatever would get the most reaction. So if he says to Trump, are you afraid they're going to kill you? you know, and said it to him twice. And the same with the Civil War. It's like he wanted those answers. The same thing bringing up Epstein. Interesting how Trump skated away from that one. Uh, but but um, there there was, you know, to me, the Tucker Carlson interview was calculated to do one thing, uh, which both Carlson and Trump were agreed on, I think, which was to take the conversation away from the debate. Um, and they both had their own reasons for it. Carlson because he was fired by Fox News and Trump actually because he was fired by Fox News as well in a different way. And they both yeah. had their Fox News grudge to you know that they had that axe to grind between them. And they sat there like these two fat men in a sauna. I'm sorry, but, what what Trump's locations, this was filmed in Bedminster, and it looked like and sort of a weird little sauna that you might buy in Woody's, and fix, you know, yeah, put it up Yeah, it yourself. reminded
0: me of where they do the interview with the winner of the Augusta Masters yeah. after they've been presented with the green jacket. It was so sedate well, far more and grandiose.
1: sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was literally like some, you know, rickety old sauna that you'd throw up in your back garden or, you know, in a, a really cheap department store, the sort of place where you'd have a Santa. You know, up, Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. I didn't get that yeah. from it.
0: I, I I wasn't examining the background, but I, I know what you mean. It did, but yeah. it had a vibe That's, we'll yeah. get to later. Yeah. We'll discuss it a bit more in detail because obviously yeah. the other event, which is far more, I guess needs to be talked about an awful lot more is the primary debate. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, former New Jersey Governor, Chris Christie, former Vice President, Mike Pence, Florida Governor, Ron DeSantis, businessman, Vivek Ramasham Ramash how, how am I Ramaswamy. getting that wrong? He,
1: he, how are you getting that wrong? The okay. most, it's the, the most world. Googled name in America at the moment.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Former UN ambassador, we may as well go through them Nikki Haley, uh, Senator Tim Scott, and North Dakota Governor Doug Bergman. They jousted, are you, are you brawled, mean? and scrapped at this first yeah. presidential primary debate on Fox, as you said, Wednesday in Milwaukee. Now, I've heard countless sources say that Vivek won this. But is that actually what happened, Marianne? What is your view of the whole debate overall?
1: Well, do you know, at the risk of sounding like, you know when people say define winning, if you define winning as being the person who the most people wanted to punch on stage, (laughs) then he won (laughs) because I wanted to punch him. I think everyone wanted to punch him. I'm an entrepreneur. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I have gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, following our faith in God. That is the American dream. And I am genuinely worried that that American dream will not exist for our two sons and their generation unless we do something about it. He is so, and that is, he is, the first time I came across him, I think we chatted about him was at CPAC, when he just was on stage and it was like, he was like a kid that had just been given. Way too much sugar. You know those kids at weddings or something and their parents just let them run riot and everyone wants... To just oh, yeah. Stop. Um, well, anyway, he was like one of those that you want to go, for Christ's sake, could somebody get him and put him in a corner somewhere? And he <laughs> he was really, I think, the same in the debate. He came on and his he had one goal. He knows he ain't never going to be president of America. I think that's a given. I think he knows that. And I think also he knows that he ain't never going to be Trump's vice president either, although Trump loves him, but that's just not going to work as a dynamic. Uh, so anyway, I think that what what he wants to do is to just get as much attention for himself. He's a bit like there are so many of them. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates. they're all media whores. And they just want as much attention. They want the camera, the camera, the camera. Having said that, though, he had that knack. He was kind of like a Trump version, too. You know, Trump, much and all, as as it's so unedifying to listen and watch to him at times, he has the knack of just putting people in their boxes with a couple of words and and that and at so many times where and like they were all jumping up and down on, on Ramaswamy's head. Like you had Mike Pence, you had Chris Christie, who I thought might actually punch him at one point, Nikki Haley, et cetera, et cetera. And he just turned around and he didn't care. And that even his line to Nikki Haley, where, you know, when he came out with this stuff about Ukraine, which was chilling. Wrong and awful. And Nikki Haley deservedly took him to task. And then he said to her, Oh well, I hope you enjoy your new job on the on the board of Lockheed, which is of course America's number one defense contractor. And he's so bloody irrepressible. It doesn't matter what you say to me, just bounces back. Same with Christie when he said he was chat GBT, GBTP. And oh, you know, that was great was- well, but, but that, that's the kind of line that would shut up most rookies for the rest of the night. And he comes straight back at Christie and says, Oh yeah. Well, you know, you know, if you'd have more credibility going on about somebody like Trump being after, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, grievance and vengeance. If your whole campaign wasn't all about, you know, grievance and vengeance against one man and people, you could see Christie almost blanche, like her was like, shit, you little. Yeah, he got <laughs> him. Yeah, you know? no. It, it, it <laughs> he really actually, did remind really me of that
0: I think we all have a person in our life at some point who rubs us the wrong way, and you can't even really yeah. articulate what it is. But it's nearly when they start talking, you're like, yeah. I, I'm having a. Physical reaction to this person. I uh, in Tina's case, she married him. Uh, but <laughs> in, in this case, I, I thought, how is this working? And when Chris Christie said, um, "I've had enough of a guy who sounds like Jack- Chat yeah. GPT." Listen, listen, Look, listen! No, I'm wait. No. Hold on, hold I've on. I've
1: had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like Chat GPT standing up here the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage
0: tonight. I actually thought there really is something in that because he is this personification of a young right wing social media kind of poster or troll. Uh, lots and lots of opinions no experience actually they, zero backing it up no expertise such and much
1: a high opinion uh, of himself you know that that as well like literally irrepressible
0: yeah um but yet it it put bit shy ronnie ronnie d in the background uh you would not have thought that this man was leading the polls of all of these people would you? He he really did fade, did he not?
1: You know, it's so bizarre because uh, to me, th- the first thought that I had last night—now this might seem unlikely—and I'm probably going to be proven completely wrong, but but hear me out—is um, that. I remember quite a while ago when we started uh, doing this podcast for Cast first, we spoke about Nikki Haley. And I remember saying to you, you know, I'm not sure that the Democrats will have the first woman president. I think it might be the Republicans. And I actually thought at the time that Nikki Haley, because she's so damn savvy, she's so polished, Pretty insincere, you know. And we'll go with whatever, you you know, whatever boat will take her to the place she wants to get to. uh, Like all politicians, um. But I actually thought last night, let's say hypothetically, Trump does get hit in the side of the head by that golf ball, or he does have a Kentucky Fried Chicken too many between now and next November, or he does end up in jail. Any of those, you know, I think that she could actually. I thought she very skillfully. In a way that was, I think, really subtle, uh, managed to navigate the stage in a way where she can get that center. She could. Be, she had to me last night had the biggest claim and made the best case to the fifty percent, fifty-five percent of Republicans who really don't want Donald Trump who really would rather if he just go the hell away. Um, because to me, she had the fiscal conservative. She was the only one who actually had the goal to, although she did say she'd support him if he was convicted, you know, that's the little safe pledge there. But the only one who had the goal to say, yeah, you know what, Trump ran up an $8, million, $8 trillion deficit in his term. We are spending like crazy too. We are. She had positions on things that were discernible. She had a position on abortion that was... a least pragmatic, where she said to Mike Pence, forget your frigging federal ban because, you know, you're never going to get sixty senators. And, you know, to me, her thing, well, I don't think we should be putting women in jail. Well, I was like, Jesus, well, that's big of you, you know, but but she did at least seem to have a position that, more people and certainly more conservatives could say, oh my God, there's somebody who's actually quite pragmatic and quite sensible. And one of the interesting fallouts from this was, I was looking up a couple of polls and there was one poll of um, independence in, in Wisconsin where the debate took place. Now, it's going to be the swing states and it's going to be the independents that decide this election once again. And they chose her as the winner by something like 42%. Wow. So in a weird way, even though, you know, the Washington Post poll chose bizarrely um, Ron DeSantis with Ramaswamy coming in second. Uh, but amongst, and that's where I see her maybe stealing a march down that big center aisle of, you know, moderate Republicans. And really in America, there's no such thing as an independent. Independents are moderate Republicans by another name you don't hear liberals or progressives ever calling themselves independents. You know, it's always, as I say, sort of centrist Republicans who describe themselves as independents. And I think that she could, you know, and I think she and quite skillfully last night laid the groundwork for for seeming plausible. And even in, in another poll where DeSantis came out as the winner, Uh, The number of people who said they'd consider voting for her went up from something like 27% to 47%. So I would say watch that space, because to me, she was the most skillful person on the stage last night. She has the governor's experience. She has the foreign policy, her her UN ambassador, by God, does she beat that stick. But anyway, why not? Uh, but what was interesting to me is like, Republicans talk about Tim Scott, I have never got the Tim Scott thing. I've never understood it. And um, to me, he's just this genial lightweight. And that's exactly what he was last night on stage. He may as well not have been there. You know, I, I mean, he just smiled and nodded and smiled and nodded. Asa Hutchinson and Doug Bergram, I mean, I, I, I don't know why they even bothered showing up. They, they were beyond irrelevant. So I think that and Chris Christie was that angry man from New Jersey. And Ron DeSantis was the malfunctioning robot, you know, yeah. once again. Well, Chris Christie did
0: articulate yeah. one thing, though, Marion, that I thought was, you know, he does have that ability to capture things in a sentence. And that sentence for me was
1: whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States.
0: Yeah. And I'm yeah. not sure anybody yeah. Had, yeah. had said that yet. Um, I, know, I think he knows and you know, everyone knows that he's not going to win this. But how much yeah. of that debate was about Putting the uh, real problem child out of the room, letting the grown-ups have a chat for a while to see, well, let's, can we air things out a little bit without the child interrupting and banging something off the table to see where we get to. In that sense, it, like it was a very useful debate because it was the first time in eight years that the the problem child wasn't in the room.
1: Yeah. But you know what? And again, to take that analogy a little bit further, it also reminded me of the parents who, when all the kids are in bed, kind of look at each other and go, Jesus, you know, I don't really know what to say to you or I don't even really like you. You (laughs) And what the hell are we even doing in the same room? You know, I think that there was a bit of that as well, because one thing that struck me just from a bit of a policy one thing is they're all over the place. They haven't got one coherent position. On um, you know climate change, it's not just young Democrats who are concerned about climate change. It's also young Republicans. Red states are getting burnt. Farmers really care about it. You know, a lot more people. This is not just a blue thing in America now. It's you know the the, the whole country is kind of waking up to it a little bit. Not nearly enough, but some. And to me, and, you know, having Ramaswamy go, oh, it's all a hoax, and nine elevenths a hoax, and all this. Let Be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. The climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is, the anti carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. You just want to go. Oh, shut up and sit down. Uh, but um, but I think that they were so they hadn't they couldn't articulate a position between them on abortion. They were all over the map as well. On they had no policies. It's like Donald Trump has completely stripped the Republicans of their identity to such a degree that they just don't know who they are, and they didn't a, really seem to know what they were talking about in any meaningful way in terms of policy. You know, if you took away the insults and the jibes and the whatever. And you really think that, yeah, Trump, you know, and you also got the feeling like everybody's there going, okay, this it's like a fire drill. It's like a fire drill. It's probably never going to happen. And it's certainly not going to happen for another four years because we all know very likely Trump's going to win. But we may as well go through the motions. And I think that there is a little bit of that as well. There was obviously Mm -hmm. a bit of auditioning for vice president, you know, because Trump will be a one-term president if he is. If he is the the, the winner, it it will be one term. Uh, And, you know, so I I think that I it it almost seemed like just an exercise in doing it for the sake of doing it. Now, there's one coming up in California next month in the Reagan Library, uh, and they've raised the bar a little bit. I don't know if Chris Christie will make the next one, even I think it might be just DeSantis, Scott, Haley and Ramaswamy um, and and. Why, Why
0: wouldn't Christie go?
1: because you you have to get 3% in certain prescribed polls and you also have to have i think it's over 50,000 unique donors in 20 different states and i'm not sure if he's there but he you know like he he might be close to it he might just get over it but certainly Hutchinson and and the other guy that, the bloke from North Dakota they're not going to be anywhere near it uh, so i i think in a way that it's um you know and pence surprised me last night because he's he's so god he's so tedious but he did actually come across as i thought maybe he's had a blood transfusion <laughs> or maybe a cup of coffee or good god maybe coffee, someone yeah. gave him a drink a Red Bull. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but he seemed he's actually seemed to have a modicum of i wouldn't go so far as saying passion but a modicum of of something uh, you know that that it was entirely absent during his entire vice presidency, and even where he went, um, well, who thinks I did the right thing or whatever, and kind of put them on the spot. It was kind of a smart thing to do because you couldn't say you were wrong on stage; it, it, you just couldn't. Uh, but but and then you know, the sound is going, "I got no beef with Mike." It's like <laughs> another mob goon, you know. It's like <laughs> it's like what is wrong with that guy? But you know, Christie, I think. It was amusing to me because when Christie started endorsing him and praising him, you could see Pence going, no, 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 you're okay. No, I, don't, I don't want your help. Don't want your help, Chris. Everyone hates yeah. you. <laughs> Stay away from <laughs> me. But, but I think that it was an interesting moment where he made everyone go from pretty well the prevailing uh, narrative, which is Mike Pence, traitor, hang Mike Pence, to yes, Mike Pence, you know, patriot and person who did the right thing. And it was kind of a nifty little U-turn that he, he executed there on stage. So I think even though the whole thing was a bit pointless and a bit futile, you kind of got an idea that, God, if Trump did go away, at some point, the Republican Party, I mean, it has, I think, irretrievably lurched to the right. I don't think that's going to correct ever you know but but that some of the craziness you know that you know you can have you can have um i think people like nikki haley who have very traditional conservative positions and you know that's an ideology that you mightn't agree with but you can respect um but but um, at the at the moment i feel that the party is just they don't know who they are it, there's such an identity crisis and they're just hanging on for trump and i think but interestingly i spoke to two people who work with the um the Freedom Caucus, which is the most right-wing and the most pro-Trump and the biggest um, sort of powerful group of Republicans in Congress. And they both said to me the same thing, which was that there's a sort of a creeping ambivalence about Trump. And I think, just getting back very quickly to, I've always thought there's something about Georgia. And there's something about that going to a prison You know, going to one of the worst prisons in America, by all counts, and certainly the worst prison in Georgia, this place is notorious. It's it's appalling. And for Trump to be going into a prison in the back door... Getting the fingerprints done, getting the mug shot, and he'll be up there in the rogues gallery with all the other ones, you know. And I think that's much more of a leveler because there is something abstract, I think, about federal cases. There's something abstract about, yes, people know classified documents, etc., but it does seem a little bit victimless. You know, and I think that when you have witnesses, if you have witnesses in a state trial, which will be televised, and we've said this before, you know, tied in the wool Republicans like Brad Raffensperger and, you know, who was totally pro-Trump. Um, you know, in the run-up to 2020, and um, people like Ruby Freeman, the mother and her daughter Shea Ross, who were who had to leave their own homes just because they worked as election workers, and Rudy Giuliani picked on them because they were black women. One passed a suite to the other, and he said it was one of those little drives, and um, you know that was a USB port loaded up with false material. He has since admitted that he he lied, he made it up, you know. And but their lives were destroyed, and so I think Florida, Georgia wasn't victimless in the same way. I think that if you see people like that as witnesses in the dock testifying, testifying about the impact, and you know Trump, I don't know if he will take the stand or not, but certainly people will be able to see this unfold. Now I don't know if this will unfold before next year, but I, to me this is the one, um, and I think yes, January sixth. I think yeah, the, you know, Smith probably has a slam dunk with with the documents, but but um, nobody really cares about about New York and the hush money. Uh, but but I think that this might be the one that because it's a Republican state. These are Republicans. They can't just say they're all crazy Democrats. And Trump did this to his own people to a large degree. So I, I don't know. I I think but that when um, you say Ford,
0: might be the one. Yeah. What does what does that mean? Like
1: might I mean, be the one that, what? That that sort of you know, I think the Trump thing is going to be a, a bit like the old joke about bankruptcy, that you know, it, it happens very, very slowly at first and then it happens very, very quickly at the end. And I think that when Trump support starts to erode, that you know, and I think it's already crumbling. Almost imperceptibly, but I—I'll I, I, get back to what I was saying about the, these Freedom Caucus staffers, and they—one of them said to me that you know, well, you know, kind of, it's not as cut and dried as it was, as in the Trump, you know, in the tank for Trump, a thousand percent unthinkingly, and that yeah. you know, that even the Freedom Caucus, which is the Marjorie Taylor Greens, which well, I think she got kicked out of it now, but the Matt Gates, the Jim Jordans, all those, eh, that even they are feeling a bit like. Oh Jesus. You know, I mean, like that if if somebody knew who could win, who they really thought could win, would come along, I you know, that that they might just be relieved to actually send a whole other thing packing because it's a mess. It's a mess. And I don't think that many Republicans really believe, even though Biden is not going to be a great candidate, but that if you have Biden put up against, you know, Trump. With the mug shots, with all of the indictments, with everything else, and it's not about the thirty-five percent of of Republicans who are going to vote for Trump anyway, or the seventy percent of Republicans. It's about the independents because, yeah, Trump can win the primary; he can romp home, absolutely. You know, with without you know, with the nearest person, uh, you know, in a different county, practically. But winning the election will be very different, and. You know, for Republicans, they, they need a winner at this stage. And and I think that there's a kind of a dawning realisation that Trump probably isn't it.
0: Wow. Well, Marion, we have an awful lot more to get to in the second half of our show, including the Tucker Carlson interview that we mentioned at the start. Oh, yes. Some Joe Biden's really, skinny really- legs. some really revealing and some really funny moments from it we always do this every single week on the show Uh, there's a full extra 30 minutes of conversation a deep dive discussion into the stories that maybe aren't making the headlines over this side of the atlantic ocean Uh, come on over to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad for the price of a pint a month you can gain access to it all and the full back catalogue Ten years of interviews with the greatest Irish people ever to have lived over on Patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Why aren't you at the Fox News debate tonight in Milwaukee? Do I sit there for an hour or two hours, whatever it's going to be, and uh, get harassed by people that shouldn't even be running for president? Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I think he probably uh, committed suicide. He was killed. You I think. think so? I think the more, the closer you look. I'm not a conspiracy person at all. The bus will go here, and then the bus will go there because that's what buses do. And it's weird. The whole <laughs> thing is weird. Chris Wallace, he was the moderator. Not a friend. I said, why did? Why is it he wants to be Mike,
1: but he doesn't have the talent? It's one He's of those bitchy little,
0: little man. Don't they have to kill you now? <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> we lost. Ready? You have the cameras rolling. This is America.
1: A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encourage